1: what's up guys and welcome back to the podcast i'm frankie and i'm alex and together we are fna van life this is the podcast
2: where every week we bring you news from the nomadic community or interviews with other nomads so that you can know what it's really like to live life on the road
1: first things first we got to give a huge shout out to our review of the week
2: this one comes from one of the groove girls it's a five-star review she says love your podcast found it while building out my own van i needed inspiration and y'all came through I cracked up when Frankie was talking about the Smoky Mountains. I spend most of my weekends in the Smokies and laughed out loud thinking, I may be one of those odd people.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I love that. I'm so glad that we could uh, make you giggle a little bit. And you know, it's okay to be odd. I'm a little bit weird myself, you know? (laughs) I like to say I'm unique and one of a kind because that's really the definition of it. There you go. And we're
2: so grateful for your review and we're so glad that you're finding inspiration through the podcast. And if anybody out there listening is also being inspired by this podcast, be sure to leave a five star review wherever you listen to your episodes.
1: And this week we have a great couple with us. We have Atlas van, Melanie and Evan. Uh, we've had the opportunity to really like follow them closely over the last four years. We've basically started van life right around about the same time. I think they were a little bit after us because they started like during the pandemic or like right after it began. We started right before it began. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're an amazing couple. They have wonderful photography and videography as like you'll see that we say that several times so we really do mean it and they have this dog Penelope she's amazing um yeah they're just an all-around I feel like they're a power couple but they don't even know it yet
2: there you go and so I think what's really cool well we're in the middle of this van build right now so we're four years into van life and we're into our third vehicle that's Mm -hmm. taken us on this journey They're still in there first, which I think there's a lot to be said for that.
1: And a lot to be said for that ProMaster, you know, and like the fact that they just really enjoyed their build, you know, and I, I think that the way that they travel might be a little bit different than ours. Like they go on these like eight month travels and then they kind of make their way back to Sedona and they, they gather, have family there they have fa- and they can hang out. Yeah. Same for like in Atlanta, Georgia or whatever. They also have family over there. I think it's Atlanta, Georgia, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of a little bit different than how we've traveled.
2: Well, and I think they also spend a lot more time off grid. Like they're purposefully like getting out there and then staying out in these remote places for like, you know, as long as their stuff lasts.
1: Yeah. And the fact that you could do it for four years straight, that's kind of impressive. You know, like i I The fact that we've been on the road for four years straight, I just couldn't imagine doing that in the beginning. And now it's like, I kind of, I always feel like a little itch when I'm off the road. Like when we're building, like right now, I always get this itch to want to be back on the road.
2: Mm -hmm. I was going to say, it is four years straight because four years pass and they are going straight. But it's like, we're not actually always on the road, like there's ebbs and flows and there's build seasons and there's family seasons and there's, you know, international vacation seasons and things like that. So it's not that we've been in the van for four years straight and never had a night out of the
1: van (laughs) or like never left the van. Right. Imagine four years and never leave the van. Somebody would have to deliver you food all the time. (laughs) You're just like at the grocery store parking lot like, excuse me, can you throw me some bananas? I'm not allowed to leave this van. I'm doing a four year challenge. (laughs) That
2: would be an interesting challenge just to be like,
1: I would go crazy. I think everybody would because you would have zero exercise.
2: Like you would just open the slider door and stick your head out and be like... (gasps) (laughs)
1: and speaking of exercise these guys are huge mountain bikers so if you're into that mountain bike scene these are the perfect people for you to follow as well
2: Mm -hmm. i'm sure they know all the hot trails they talk a bit in the video or the podcast about um, how they get their bikes on the road and how they do all that so we're excited to share this conversation with them and maybe we should take some tips from them in terms of Staying in one van for
1: longer. Yeah. I mean, speaking of staying in one van for longer, this one that we're building out right now, like what what do you expect from it?
2: Well, so it's funny that I just said that because this van is not the van that we expect to be in full time long term. <laughs> 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 this is
1: more of like a you know rental type of situation is what we're looking forward to trying to do with it. Maybe we get to do a couple trips in it ourselves when it's not being rented, and just like make sure the space works well for the person renting it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, go from there. But um, what like where about? I feel like we're about halfway done with the build aspect of it-ish, somewhere around there.
2: Yeah, we've put out some videos about, like, classic RVs and things like that because it is a 1985, and so that does come with a particular set of challenges. Oh, yeah. Um, We've had some engine issues. We've had more, like, leak water issues than we anticipated. We've, you know, we start looking at the way that they've constructed things and realize that, like, wow, they were very bad carpenters. (laughs) Yeah, I
1: mean... (laughs) The people before definitely did not do a great job, yeah you know they they did make it look nice like lipstick on a pig, you know type of thing, but uh yeah the the job was not well done. Things were not level in any type of way, uh like even the way that they built the jaws were very janky, so if you put a little bit of weight in them, they're gonna fall apart,
2: well, and like the wood seems like a ninety degree angle was literally, like, falling, stretching apart. There was, like, (laughs) two little staples holding the entire board together, and you're like, well,
1: that seems sturdy. They definitely made some not-so-great choices, I feel like. Yeah. You know, once again, that goes back to knowledge, and the girl that—or the lady, I should say, not girl, but the lady that was— building it or that said that she did the carpentry work, said that she does some DIY projects, but this was like the first time she's tackled something like this.
2: Mm -hmm. And that's not to say you can't build a beautiful van with no experience, but you do have to do some research beforehand and getting the right tools and getting the right materials makes a world of difference. Even if you have to spend a little bit extra money to get yourself set up the product in the end will be 10 times better.
1: Yeah. And I got to say that there is a difference between building like a van, like the way that we have in the past compared to building something inside a fiberglass shell. Like you just don't have the same structural points, you know, like you, you only have so much wood to work with. That's like attached to the, uh, fiberglass in some type of way, whether it's like kind of all just crammed together and smushed together to create, you know, a strong holding point. You know, it's kind of pinned in between certain places so that way you don't have to worry about it coming apart.
2: Yeah, it's going to be interesting when we start having to pull or like reaffix those front walls and... Yeah. So we've got a lot of work ahead of us with this van build project, but it is going to be a transitional van. And then we still really haven't figured out what our next project is going to be. Mm-hmm. So
1: stay tuned for that. What do you think? Maybe box truck, maybe van? I mean, what, what are you thinking?
2: Yeah, I, honestly, I'm really I don't know.
1: Oof. I'm I saw in, like, some like a big trucks out there, some step vans, you know.
2: <laughs> well, I feel like we just need something with a reliable engine.
1: Yeah, at this point, that's really what yeah, we're Yeah, our other for. friends
2: who we'll have on the podcast um, here shortly, they just got a box truck and they spent months making a beautiful home in the back. And now on their first adventure in it, it's breakdown after breakdown after breakdown. So yeah. you really have to make sure that the engine that you're getting is the most important strong thing and like Mm -hmm. all the other stuff is like merely aesthetics right
1: yeah for sure yeah and speaking of reliable uh i think evan and melanie are definitely a reliable source that you could go to so definitely have everything linked down below but let's let's just jump right into this conversation with them
2: and melanie we're so excited to have you guys on the podcast today um we met you first in alaska two summers ago which is crazy on our random river bank. Uh, we have a mutual friend <laughs> in the Fennie Moors. And the so Glacier. that was really big. And then yeah. we ran into it again in Sedona. Um, but so we're finally having you on the podcast and we're so excited to chat because we feel like your guys' story is really great and we're excited to share it with everybody. So why don't you take us back to kind of like pre-van life? You know, what did your life look like before what were you doing? What kind of like inspired this like grand adventure that you find yourselves on now?
3: Yeah. Uh, pre van life, we would have Back never. Back in our day. Well, pre van life, <laughs> we would have never expected to meet people that we only knew from the internet all the way in Alaska when we started our journey in Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> so life before van life was entirely different for us. Um, we both got our degrees in accounting. Um, and then we went straight from school into full-time work and offices. We immediately bought a house. Um, at the time, it was more affordable in Georgia. <laughs>
0: now we couldn't buy that house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: um, and we kind of just like three years into full-time work and just like being on the hamster wheel from the moment you enter school, um, we started to realize that we were getting a little tired and burnt out. and. We were starting to like explore more outdoor activities as hobbies and realizing we didn't really have time for that um, with the current lifestyle that we had, especially like being homeowners, first time homeowners. And there were renovations involved and just like our time was being occupied in places that we didn't want it to be. We
0: were 100% working for the weekend.
3: Yes. That's what we were doing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Before we... Before I went into grad school, we did like this big camping trip for the summer um, out in California and Utah. And that was the first time we ever went camping. Um, And that totally opened our eyes to the outdoor lifestyle and what it could be. And that camping didn't just have to be like backpacking. It could be um, living in your car, any kind of car. It didn't have to be a van. But
0: Yeah. Before that, we didn't see like Georgia there. There was no van life four years ago like it just didn't exist and that rooftop tent we were in for a month and we went right up the california coast and then over through yosemite to uh zion national park in utah and then like once we were there we were like holy cow like this is all blm land which we didn't even know what it was and like it was just like a whole new world that we didn't
3: it's we didn't know it's i feel like i mean it's not that long ago that was 2015 but even then social media didn't wasn't showing us like all of these other places that were out there on the west coast we had no idea about any of this stuff um and so i mean we couldn't like call it quits at that point. Like we couldn't be like, okay, well let's just continue because we I had grad school, he had work. Like we had lives we to get back to.
0: We didn't have any. And money. we had no money. <laughs> we didn't have like yeah. that that money, that month of gas money was enough.
3: Yeah. Like, so was- anyway, fast forward three, four years, uh like three years into having the house, we we're like, okay, I think let's put a halt on renovations and like going out um and doing like more lavish uh vacations by lavish i mean like driving down to florida
0: <laughs> we, we never went on vacation really except yeah. for like with family like it was yeah. just like if there's a family trip we're going but we're yeah. not gonna go whatever spend some money on anyway so we, yeah we started
3: saving up um and kind of like talking between ourselves more about like what about what if we got a van and the crazy thing too is the point like our inspiration like people out there who were inspiring us for van life. It was like three people, like three different accounts. It wasn't what it is now. Um, and they weren't really even in vans like this one. It was like uh uh I don't know. So Brianna Media was one of those people. Medea. I don't know. Hearn. Oh and Abby Hearn, yeah.
0: yeah.
3: Anyway, we started saving up. Uh and then and We talked about it more. I kept pushing it off because obviously, like, it was a totally different lifestyle change. And I was nervous to, like, leave a career. Um, the, The house, we weren't planning to sell the house at the time. And the whole thing, we're like, okay, let's do this. Let's explore for a year and see what we get and see if it kind of just, like, satisfies us. And then a year turned into what we're going on four.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess similar to you guys, that first year is like COVID year. So it's like, is yeah. this what is happening? We don't know. <laughs> Where are we allowed yeah, to go? Where are we not know. allowed to go? Yeah. It was a weird year.
2: It's funny how the one year hiatus turns into like your lifestyle.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly
2: what happened for us too. We're like, oh, we'll just do it for one year and then we'll get back on the rat race, we'll get back to the jobs, we'll get back to the apartment, mm-hmm. like uh-huh. you know, just get back to what we know and is normal. And now what we know and is normal is a complete 180 from what it was four years ago. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, that too. Like so much change that even if we tried to go back to our quote unquote like Past lives, it's just a completely different environment.
0: We have to stop for a second. I know. I we need to charge
1: my <laughs> phone in real quick. <laughs> all all ba- batteries. Batteries <laughs> us, it's like flashing top, at really. you, like I'm dying. <laughs> like, oh, please hook me up. Also, kind
0: of that's like how van life is. You always gotta monitor batteries.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. One thing that makes me think of like for us being on the road, trying to figure it out, like realizing that this is the lifestyle we want to live. We were fortunate enough to like start the YouTube channel and you know, start having an income through that and you know, realizing, oh snap, we made like pretty good money in the first couple of months we would do, like really like digging in and doing it. And then we realized, okay, we can make a lifestyle out of this. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of where we dug in and we started creating like the social media presence and like working on all the different platforms to really create a brand and a way to you know stay on the road what was it that you guys did uh to to keep yourself on the road and like to be able to be financially responsible
3: yeah i, I mean, think we're
0: always still trying to figure out like yeah. how
3: to
0: stay on the road longer i yeah. guess um
3: like stretch the money as far as it can go so because our original plan was only a year um and it wasn't until like the last couple months where we were like actually let's make this longer um, that we decided, okay, well, because it's only a year, let's just not work period. Let's just live off of savings. Our jobs were like big corporate fancy jobs. So they, I mean, they made us good money straight out of college. Um, so that first year we started a YouTube channel and the whole thing, I think we were monetized and I mean, it was kind of just for fun. We were just doing stuff to document the fun lifestyle. And then come year two, we started kind of like getting more focused on the YouTube and photography and just bringing in a little bit of income there. Uh, again, still mostly relying on savings. And then, yeah, as each year goes by, we're just, we we become a lot more focused on photography and videography.
0: Yeah, now we're like probably 80% into like brand work specifically. And then the 20% is like YouTube, uh, affiliate links, things like that. Yeah. Uh, Mm. for us, the YouTube wasn't making the money that the brands bring in.
4: Yeah.
0: That's just, we're hoping one day (laughs) that it evens out and the YouTube kind of goes up and we can kind of do like whatever we want. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like. For whatever reason, reels and
3: and most photos for
0: websites. Yeah, and, things like and that. most
3: people don't realize that YouTube it takes a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Uh
0: yeah. I mean, obviously, like not only guys, to film
3: it but to edit it. Yeah,
0: you guys are are killing it with like how how much you're able to film and edit. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you guys know it too. Like, you're also so far behind at the same time. Like,
3: yeah, ours. It's always so hard to stay on track.
0: Our YouTube's in Vancouver Island. Uh, which is not
3: comer. So, like, we did hop around a little bit though
0: it's 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 yeah it it comes out when yeah. it comes out
1: <laughs> yeah of course we totally get that and like yeah, i do want to exactly. say like your videography skills and your photography sp- skills are like in a league of their own Like I would say that video stuff and uh, picture quality is like
2: cinematography. Cinematography
1: is leaps and bounds beyond what we do. Like it's very very beautiful. Mm
2: -hmm. And I will also say that I think people, well, like for our experience, anyways, I won't talk for everybody, but for us, YouTube is also one of the smaller components of our like breakdown of you know if hundred percent whatever, like maybe. 20 to 30 percent is coming from youtube mm-hmm. because yeah. it's so volatile too and then now yeah, they're the shorts then mm-hmm. a lot of the money is funneling there mm-hmm. and so like i saw a statistic recently that like most creators are seeing 40 percent lower revenue mm-hmm. than they were from like a year ago even with like the same views because yeah. youtube is changing and so you're supposed to change with the platform mm-hmm. but like To make any money on shorts, you need to have like a million views and it's just, it's so hard to keep up with these platforms and whatever and do everything that they want you to do and blah, Mm -hmm. blah, Mm blah. So for us, we've just been, you know, focusing on our own content, being good for us and our audience and whatever, Mm -hmm. but then you kind of have to take the brand stuff. To be yeah. able to put gas money in the car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah, we've
3: kind of come to a point where, like, YouTube and also Instagram, because like our numbers haven't grown exponentially, it's kind of more like we want to stay present there because it's it's opened all of our doors essentially. That yeah. the ways that we've met everybody has been through social media somehow, some way. <laughs> um, and right now, I mean, as annoying as it is, the numbers. Or I guess the presence on social media matters.
1: Yes. Yeah. You don't
3: need to have a million followers, but you need to exist.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you need to not only exist, but like at least post like a few times a week just to yeah. You know, you're there, you're catering to it. Um, and also at the same time, those brand deals and sponsorships, this is for like the audience to understand, uh, those things come when you are posting. It doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. matter how big you're following or small mm-hmm. your following might be. It matters that you're consistent and that you have a good group of people that are like clamping on to what you're doing because then they have people to talk to Then you know and mm-hmm. uh specifically products that make sense you know so like for instance you guys have uh you like know the backpacks, the backpacks the- and the stuff with penelope and you know yeah. because is a big part of um your platform as well
0: yeah you know yeah she and- she did a photograph for
1: us.
2: <laughs> uh, usually we
0: wake up, we look horrible and like whatever, but she always looks the same, pretty much. Right.
2: She's just like, I woke up like this. Right? I think, too, for you guys, your Instagram is very much like your portfolio. Cause yeah. Because it's like a representation of the type of photography that you can do. Like, yeah. again, your Instagram page is leaps and bounds above our Instagram page in terms in, of in like the, in how the terms of beautiful it is. Beauty, you know? yeah. yeah. So I think, you know, if you're trying to get photography jobs.
0: Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armor All, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. Armor All. Less work, more clean. Terms apply.
2: Mm-hmm. Instagram is a photography platform, and so you yeah. have to have yeah. a presence on there, and that's like your calling card, basically.
3: Yeah, definitely. Which makes it hard when you want to go and post silly things because you're like, this isn't what I'm supposed to be posting. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's the battle of social media, period. We have to get
0: better at just, like, not caring.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you could always utilize, like, the beautiful photo, like, as the thumbnail, you know what I mean, of it. Or, like, the standstill uh, when somebody's going through your profile. But then have the silliness behind it. You know, it's okay to have both. And I think that we could both learn from each other because I think ours is more silly and stupid than, but we don't have the beautiful photo, you know, yeah. as a thumbnail type of thing where it might it's be a little bit. It's great to have out. both. Yeah, it's always yeah. fun to, and
0: engaging to.
2: You guys bring in an amazing community yeah. <laughs> by having that.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm.
2: exactly. So let me ask you this you're both trained accountants which I would think would be something that you could potentially do remotely or like as a job or something like that. Is that something that you've thought of or like looked into at all? Or, or you're just like so far removed from that world now that you're just not even interested.
0: Uh, I mean, I would say we definitely thought about like going, I don't know about full-time, but like Mm -hmm. part-time back into it just to, feel like we have enough money to travel like even internationally uh i think that's probably one of our goals to be able to travel internationally one day
1: yeah
0: uh but like it just seems like a lot of work with a dog and like all Mm -hmm. our bikes and all our stuff like
3: well it's kind (laughs) of so when we let okay so accounting is like a pretty broad uh, I guess, career, there's so many like lines within their silos. So like, for example, I was mostly in data analytics within the accounting and audit space and you were kind of like general accounting, yeah, it's, not, like, not
0: like Jack of all trades. Yeah.
3: Um, so if we were to go back, yeah, we'd want to do it part-time. I guess we're at a point now where we would go back more like part-time, almost full-time, but those like year one, two, and three we didn't want to give up this, like, free living, uh, making up our own schedule. We didn't have Starlink. That was the biggest factor.
0: Yeah, with Starlink, I think it's way more feasible. Yeah. Uh, also, well, but then again, if you're working nine to five, you probably want to be in a house. like <laughs> Or an apartment or something. Uh, not necessarily... I don't... Boondocking. Is, yeah. Because we boondock almost exclusively. We don't mm-hmm. go to campgrounds, even though I think that's going to have to change when we go east. Yeah. Because there's just not as much. Um, but I don't... We'll have to find out if we like, you know, staying in a campground for X amount of days. Yeah. Uh,
3: there's also just, like, a... Um, I don't know. So, like, I when I left my firm, they offered to get to either a sabbatical or working online and it's just like you're expected to be on the clock 24 seven essentially if something's do by tomorrow and there's still 12 hours worth of work left on it then you're working all night and that's not really an easy task task to complete when you're living in a van and maybe you need to move locations or you don't have great service there or the weather's not cooperating and it's too hot too cold whatever um so yeah, in, in that like traditional job sense, back then it just didn't make sense to us. And the more creative avenues did for photography and videography. And also we just like
0: even now. Like if if we're, we found- if we're able to go shoot our mountain biking ride, that seems way better yeah. than uh okay. <laughs> out on the trails or whatever is way more. Fun than a day sitting at your computer crunching numbers or which
3: 99 percent of people would agree with that a day spent well, doing day, your hobbies I would say
0: less than like, like so hobbies yes
3: yeah a day spent doing your hobbies yeah. is more fun than a day working uh especially for somebody else so, uh it, yeah yeah
0: like you guys probably know like there's a million different ways to van life like you don't have to
3: travel know, like, every day
0: and whatever be a mountain biker or whatever you don't have to do that you can you can go and sit in the park I don't know Mm -hmm. read a a book
1: you know (laughs) yeah I totally agree
2: so let's talk about mountain biking because that's been a huge part of your travels um so what kind of bikes do you have how do you keep them on the van how do you keep them tuned like all these kind of things because I feel like you guys are like super into the mountain biking lifestyle. Were you yeah. watching any like van life mountain bikers when you designed your band? Like how did that kind of all come about? Or did you get into it after you were on the road?
0: Well, I don't know. I don't know if we saw like YouTubers, but I'm, I think like just about everyone in that era of building bands have heard of a uh, fallout far out ride. I think oh. they had like There's a anything? huge yeah. website with like, Overload of information. Yeah.
3: They were um, like one of the only websites that we were able to, to reliably reference. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And they, they built a slider, uh, under their bed, uh, exact same way I did. Well, I obviously use their blueprint, um, to build it. So we have three bikes in here, uh, Santa Cruz and a Yeti, uh, and then another bike just for whoever wants to it's, my, so, it's so, my dad's bike technically so he's actually flown out to canada and uh zion and in california In california and met up with us and, and he was able to bike with us and yeah uh it's always nice to like have your own bike that you're used to versus renting um so yeah it's since biking is like a huge part for us that's also kind of like our guide to where we go next Mm -hmm.
3: um which is really helpful because sometimes when you're on the road like there's too much to see and you need a little bit of guidance and yeah a road map essentially on where you should go next um
0: so we we essentially use a an app trail forks it's got like
3: all the trails all the trails
0: and you can go you know see uh they have pictures and videos and see like, what a, they're like before it's the mountain
3: biking version of all trails for yeah. hiking um yeah so because we built the van in 2019 the whole idea with the third bike for evan's dad was that he was gonna fly out to us frequently but then COVID hit and then he didn't want to fly out and he lives in atlanta and we were mostly out west and it became a whole thing so now everybody that sees us with a third bike they're like who rides a third bike the dog
1: <laughs> of course Dumb
3: dumb
1: trailhead joke we get all the time well i mean i think it's kind of cool that you have the third bike because like say for instance we were hanging out and like i like to bike but i don't have a bike you know hey yo frankie you want to jump on the bike and go for a ride with us you know it's like a really cool way of being able to like include another person that might be at the trailhead you know that just would love to but can't like you create a friendship through that if you wanted to
3: yeah and
0: it's a backup because
3: you broke your bike once yeah <laughs>
1: mm. it's good backup bike because you're a, you're a rough rider that's why
0: <laughs> melanie's really good uh not on wood but like she's her bike usually stays in yeah in, in good, good condition mine lots of new parts
3: yeah we were just mountain biking in Colombia, and i had my first uh I guess mechanical. I, well, I got a flat tire, which I never get flat tires. Luckily, we were able to fix it, but it's a massive nail. Oof.
2: How Columbia, was the like
1: yeah, the country. I was watching. Some yeah, of, yeah, in Colombia.
2: So you flew there. Yeah, yeah,
0: we flew there. We rented bikes. We got a guide, um and like we've never ridden in, in Colombia, but it was wet and muddy muddy.
3: (laughs) it was uh, fun though it's something we've always wanted to do
0: yeah it it was an experience for sure and uh i think we both fell oh yeah (laughs) Yeah. but when you fall in there you're just like falling in the mud so it's not like as uh
2: it could have been bad it
0: could have been (laughs) bad people probably don't know is melanie um her parents are both colombian so she was born in new york but we go I mean, we, I've been to Columbia, how many times, like four five, or five, something like that. Uh, and she used to go like multiple times a year, every year. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about like your homeland.
3: My <laughs> homeland. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not from Colombia, but my parents are. So I was raised Colombia, and all my friends growing up were Colombian, even though we lived in Atlanta. Um, and I've gone back a lot. I speak Spanish. Um, I think also, so I was nervous when we told my parents that we were going to live in a van and i think they being colombian and having moved to the us and had these like totally different experiences in their 20s um from like their friends back in colombia they were super open to us getting out and just like taking a, a sabbatical what they thought was it was going to be at the time uh and just exploring and now four years they're like so what's next <laughs> but so are we we're like what is next i don't oh, know it us
0: about the country of colombia i guess like that
3: oh what do i tell you this isn't an interview about colombia this no, is about it's <laughs> cool.
0: like it's different. <laughs> <laughs> like most people don't don't realize like i don't know the areas in colombia a lot of them are like it's it's a, the jungle or rainforest um and like it's just so different than like what you would expect, I feel like.
3: Yeah, I think that, so because I've gone back to Colombia so many times through through high school, we would go back like at least once a year. Um, and my parents were like, they also did other international travels with me as a kid. I think that also sparked this uh, desire to travel, even though we're doing it mostly North America at this point. Mm-hmm. Um yeah i kind of just opened up my appetite for wanting to experience new places and different sceneries Mm -hmm. not so much different cultures there aren't that many different cultures in north america excluding mexico
0: there are i mean if you really think about it like georgia has like california even georgia has like multiple cultures within yeah um Florida is yeah, a whole other yeah. place. Like. <laughs> yeah.
3: But going down to Baja is really fun for me because it's like, you're in a totally different country, but I speak Spanish. So yeah. I feel like really confident in making our way around, even though we're driving down Sandy roads, 99% of the time in like
2: uninhabited areas. <laughs> How is the mountain biking in Baja? Cause I know you guys found some like really great trails and things like that down there. Yeah. It's really fun. They, um, Baja specifically
3: gets a lot of Canadians and Americans and, and a lot of them have homes there and they've put a lot of money into building trail systems and, in like two or three specific towns. Um, so there isn't a lot, but the places where there is mountain biking, it's pretty good for what they're working with.
0: Yeah. Like they, they do a pretty good job at, uh, like putting up signage, uh, the trail work, um, the
3: maintenance
0: yeah it's i mean obviously it's very different than like say you know the pacific northwest uh mm-hmm. the, the dirt maybe
3: it's like sand it's, rocks it's
0: looser yeah penelope doesn't enjoy that as much so like yeah from a dog standpoint like her running on that versus running on like squishy dirt like she loves squishy dirt so mm-hmm. we always have to take it a little bit slower yeah, Mexico?
3: but for I mean, in a lot of ways, it's nice sort of that way because the the trails there for the almost all of them will parallel the like shoreline. Mm-hmm. So you get the slower you go, the more you get to see the views. That's yeah. one of the really nice things about the trails in Baja. they are really really pretty. Some of them mm. take
0: you up to overlooks where you can see whales.
1: And, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Seals, you know, just sick.
0: Really unique stuff. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, it's beautiful. So, like in comparison, from Baja to Colombia, like was the signage good in Colombia as well? And like, <laughs> I'm guessing not. But you know, no. no. The
3: reason we went with a guide is because there is no there, there is no signage. There is no official mountain biking trails. The places that we were riding were like rural country roads, where like if you have a really rugged motorcycle, maybe you can kind of get through. But mostly, it's foot traffic of like farmers but,
0: but yeah but people live out there yeah so like dogs are also chasing you yeah uh, barking, <laughs> and, and, Yeah, yeah it's, it's a different experience altogether um and like
3: it's not mountain biking uh in the sense that of what you would experience in in bc anywhere in canada anywhere in the united states and baja
1: so it's more of like a wild style of like, yeah. round, like you're basically making your own trail type of thing.
3: Yeah, yeah. definitely. So,
0: so there are, but there are also some places that have began making like mini bike parks. Uh, not necessarily with like a chairlift, but like they have like a truck that'll take yeah. you up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't ride in those ones, uh, but their their community is definitely like beginning to grow rapidly. yeah one um, thing that's
3: huge in south america well i don't want to speak for all of south america for Colombia, uh road cycling is huge. huge like on sunday they always close down the main roads for cyclists and runners to just enjoy the morning on the roads mm-hmm. with no traffic
1: it, that reminded uh, me yeah. of uh, costa rica when we were driving around through costa rica almost every single weekend it felt like that every single cyclist was out and there would just be like hundreds of them mm-hmm. just kind of like cruising down the the highway, you know, cause yeah. it's like highway one and it's just wild to see. Cause like, I don't know when you think about other countries before traveling, or at least for me, I just didn't think they did the same exact things. You know, oh, you know, it's like the people in North America and even sometimes they do it even more. Yeah, um, they're all fired. like geared
2: out with like the spandex and the like aerodynamic helmets <laughs> and the skinny wheels and like yeah. you're like yeah. dang people are set up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Some of some of them are like I mean some of them are pros almost. Some of like, the best
3: athletes come out of uh road cyclists come out of Columbia.
0: Yeah, we um I don't know what year, but a few few years back, uh Colombian won the Tour de France, which was like yeah.
1: Yeah, we actually, we met, I'm guessing it's because they have such, you know, mountainous areas, they have, Mm -hmm. even on on the coastline, you know, you have very mountainous areas even on the coastline there, so you have this um, ability, like you have to climb, you know, elevations and stuff, where if you're on like the east coast of the United States, there's not as much, you know, climbing hills if you're doing that type of cycling.
3: Yeah, and most of the cities are at a higher elevation, uh, mm-hmm. which always helps with lungs. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah,
0: like uh, yeah, many, many so like they grow a bunch of coffee there, and I think you can grow coffee at like what
3: five thousand like, feet.
0: Five thousand yeah, feet. Exactly. So a lot of the cities are like just above or right around that uh, coffee growing. Um, yeah, elevation. That's
3: really pretty. If uh, we'd love to actually go down there and spend a year living there. I don't think we would take the van only because we've experienced enough of the roads there to know that you want something four wheel drive and a little bit more compact to comfortably navigate. You could get a van through, of course, like we saw vans. Mm
0: -hmm. But but you'd probably have to stay on like the
3: main road. Yeah. And
2: And we'd want to go off a little bit more. Yeah. So do you find, so what can you tell everybody, like your current rig, what you're driving now maybe like pros and cons because if you don't have four-wheel drive you know like has that stopped you from doing things and like especially going into mexico and like it sounds like you guys like to go like off grid and you know to get to some of these trailheads might be a little bit of um like a struggle sometimes
3: yeah so we have a promaster 2500 uh 2018 no 18 because we hit the road in 19. um what else? We don't have four-wheel drive. We have all terrain tires and we have uh something called sumo springs, which gave gives you like gives you a little bit more so, height. It's like it's not much anyway. We didn't get that until like the second year. Um, we do spend most of our time out on dirt roads, and the only time that we run into issues where we're like, oh, we wish we had four-wheel drive is deep sand. Um, very like loose, watery mud um and snow, which
0: and, and uh if it's if it's like a super steep grade with gravel, sometimes you just can't get any traction,
3: yeah, so that's the other thing, so in Canada, in particular, we were just there this past summer the a lot of the places we would go free camp were like up on hilltops, and some of these hills are just like extremely steep, and then the gravel isn't. They're not tiny bits of gravel. They're what they call baby head rocks, which are just like larger chunks of gravel. And the tires have a lot more trouble grabbing onto that. So you kind of have to gun it and hope that your momentum continues.
0: That's, that's our motto. I love gun, it, you gun, gun it, gun it, and hope.
3: hope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just gun it, grip, and just pray. Uh. But, yeah, but not having four-wheel drive really hasn't kept us from almost anything like we've avoided some snow just for safety and but i'm gets i'm scared in snow in a four-wheel drive vehicle anyway i feel
0: like with four-wheel drive since like all our belongings are in here uh it would be still like if it gets rocking too much like stuff just starts flying out yeah Um,
3: you don't you don't want to be going down what would be like a a four-wheel drive road in moab where you're like rock crawling like you do not want to do that in a van whatsoever But Having, uh, I mean, having four-wheel drive is is nice. We're not going to say it wouldn't be nice.
0: No, yeah. So like, I don't know, eventually a dream like scenario would be uh, like a fifth wheel with a four-wheel drive vehicle that you could detach at camp and then take it off and do whatever you want.
3: That, of course, comes with its challenges of towing around a fifth wheel, but uh, because it's nice to just have like this compact vehicle to park anywhere. When you pull mm-hmm. up to like a grocery store, for example. But mm-hmm. it's nice that the Promaster is front wheel drive. So that has actually, I mean, I think it's better than real rear wheel drive in the scenarios that we put ourselves into.
0: Yeah, but you guys are building out something new, right?
1: Yeah, we uh, we have
2: no wheel drive right now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> No wheel drive.
1: <laughs> I mean we do but we don't. You know, it's uh it's a complicated situation. It's
2: <laughs> It's got limited power.
1: Yeah, also well, it will get us up like any hill basically just in a low gear. Very slowly. Like we would be doing 15 miles an hour max, you know. Yeah. I mean, if it adversity.
3: gets you there, it
1: gets you there. Yeah, like we were climbing mountains in Wyoming and whatnot, and it didn't get us there. That's the thing. Uh, <laughs> it, it was making it up the mountain r- ranges, and it was doing fine, and then it burnt all the oil up, and um, yeah. we spun the bearings on the engine, and that was the end of that engine.
3: Oh, my God. <laughs>
1: and then we got the vehicle towed, from Wyoming to Tennessee to, uh, you know, Tio Ventura?
3: No. Uh,
1: So it's like Chase and Marie Jose, they're they're another couple that travels on the road. They just had a baby. But they have a place in Tennessee where they built a garage and uh, they had a cherry picker there. So I hit them up there, some of our close friends, and we asked for help, you know, in the sense of, can I use your cherry picker and your garage (laughs) to uh, swap the engine out? And they were like, of course, we got you guys. We're totally down to help you, you know, in that sense. And uh, Chase helped me, and his father helped me in, like, helping getting the engine out and in and making sure the startup was good on it and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, luckily, we had them in our corner um, to, like, get us into that space. And we've been driving it since. And today was actually our first issue with it. Uh, Well, second issue with it since the new engine. The first the first issue with the new engine was dr- we were we just got done breaking the engine in and getting it ready for the first drive from Tennessee to Florida. And as we're driving to like Florida, within an hour and a half, we the engine, the check engine light comes on and it stalls. And I'm like, oh man, here we go. So I break out my multimeter and I check the battery and I can tell the battery's low. So I'm like, oh, I guess maybe our alternator is not charging our battery. Jump it, get it to jump, and then check it. And we're pulling 12-6. So our alternator's not working properly. So we call up the closest O'Reilly's. Luckily, that O'Reilly's was less than a mile away. Next exit we had to get off. So we chug a chug a chugged all the way to that O'Reilly's. And they were fortunate enough to get us a uh uh, a, new a new alternator that day in the next hour. Or and so. we put
2: it in in the parking
1: wow. lot. But it wasn't just a exactly. parking lot. It was having to... It didn't to, fit it right. It didn't fit. So I had to shave down with a file, with a metal file, I had to uh-huh. shave down the piece that went into the bracket. So I shaved it down just enough. That took about a half hour of shaving to get it to fit <laughs> in. And then bam, she started right up and we were good to go.
0: Wow. Oh my gosh! That's, uh, so, you know, that's that's like classic. What when you're in van life, like things things will go wrong, and you just gotta figure it
3: out. Yeah, yeah. So we've had a couple <laughs> parking lot uh, empty out the whole garage, figure out what's happening to electrical yeah. Uh, scenarios. So. Yeah,
0: luckily no, it
3: but. was mostly early on. We've also had like a leak in our shower early on, but knock on wood,
4: but things continue to go well. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs>
2: have that has that been your biggest challenges with the build like cuz you guys did your build yourself
3: We did. Uh, my grandpa is—he was like an engineer and like woodworker. He's kind of a jack of all trades, so he helped us a ton with the stuff that we didn't understand, like electrical. And well,
0: sort
3: of. Well, I kind of was like, "Here's all the still, things I want to connect. Work. How do yeah. I connect them?" <laughs> Bar- Bar-
0: ride helped us with the electrical, and he was like, "Yeah, this will work." Yeah. Um. And then while well, you're her dad helped us a ton. Like literally it was like a group out there. It was kind of fun actually though. Cause like we were literally out there till like nine o'clock some nights, just like sitting in the van talking about what we need to do next.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So my parents helped a lot. Luckily they had most of like the tools that we needed. Um, So we did the first half of our build at our house and the second half at theirs. Um, And yeah, I mean, our, I don't want to like jinx anything, but <laughs> luckily our, luckily our van really hasn't given us many issues considering we're on year four. Uh, we're heading into year four. We probably
0: added like 50 pounds of glue. Uh, just like keep re-gluing things down. Yeah. Super
3: glue is like, your best <laughs> friend. <Other than>
0: that, <laughs> lucky.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like we had a couple little, like electrical things here and there, like our, uh, um, What's that called? Battery to battery gave out like after year two. Yeah, Yeah,
0: our battery to battery lasted like two and a half years.
1: Is it the the Renegy? Do you see the DC? Yeah, Yeah. they give out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But the new one, I got the, I guess, the amperage higher and it seems to be working way better. So, our biggest problem
3: in the van, actually, which nobody ever talks about this, is mice. (laughs) (gasps) So,
1: We never had that issue, not with the van, at least, uh, or the vans that we had. But please tell us more because I love these stories.
3: Maybe for a while there, there was like a one year period where like once a month, we would get a mouse in our van. And from what we could tell, it happened mostly when we were in desert climates. um, And when we like arrived at camp later in the day. So like supposedly they like the hot engine. So they'll crawl in there looking for that like heat. Uh, Mm -hmm. so it'd be like generally a cold desert night and they would hop into the warm engine area. We have no idea where they're coming in through because we have looked everywhere for even the smallest holes.
0: And like, we plug our like shower, we plug, we plug all the holes that like could be a problem. Yeah. They definitely just come in through the front somehow. So
3: it's not like an infestation or anything, but, and at, at most it happened once a month. And luckily we haven't had any in a while. Uh so we've had over like 15. Yeah, we have <laughs> yeah. it's pretty gross. Oh, one <laughs> other theory we had was our Instapot. Uh we because we saw like little nibbles around the little rubber seal. We've since gotten rid of our Instapot just because we didn't use it enough. And we haven't had a mouse since, I don't think. Uh, Maybe once.
0: Said Maybe since, once.
3: But,
2: uh... You would think with yeah. the smell of your dog, dog that they might not be interested in your van. Cause like you would assume that the mouse could like smell the other animal
0: yeah i, I agree 100 percent. i don't get it uh the first like couple mice she didn't even like register that they were here but now like every she time she's with... like hey there's a like hey buddy there's a mice in here like we gotta we gotta set out the traps we gotta we gotta get this sucker
3: yeah yeah She knows now, around like
0: now. now she won't go to sleep if she knows there's a mouse in the van
1: oh shoot that's fun yeah it is
3: yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh and they always show up around midnight they don't show up like midday it's only at yeah, midnight they're, no- they're
1: nocturnal yeah oh my <laughs> gosh that's, that's wild, wild. We get,
2: we've never had mice but we've definitely had like ants
1: we had ants. oh really and we had weevils have you guys have had weevils? No,
2: today? i don't even know what, what that is,
1: what is oh, Weevil. what's that what do you say it again it's like it's a rice weevil right and basically what happens is is sometimes you could buy rice that has these
2: it has like eggs in it it. and the eggs hatch inside of the bag of rice and then they just start eating the rice and laying more eggs and eating and laying and eating and laying and then eventually because we had a bag of rice in our like storage area as like a backup bag and then eventually they like eat out of the bag and then start looking for other food.
1: Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was but, disgusting. But the interesting thing about them is they cause no uh any there's zero health risk with them. You could actually eat that rice technically oh, but just
3: like I'm assuming Her there front. were a lot yeah. of them just seeing them crawl around.
1: So oh, we, we so what do they taste this. like? Um <laughs> we don't honestly know. don't know yeah, no. like rice. <laughs> <state. laughs>
2: But so we, like, we found the bag, and it was just infested, and we threw it out, and then was finding them in, like, other, like, so we basically had to, like, seal off all of our food and, like, get rid of anything that was, like, potentially infected.
1: So in Central America, the ants go marching one by one, hurrah, hurrah, they come into (laughs) your land. And, like, uh, so we put out traps for ants when we were in Central America. We, We got rid of all of them. We thought. Well, we did. We got rid of all of them. At, they they kept climbing into our Berkey, but the top part of the Berkey. They and- would like make a
2: home yeah. on the top of the charcoal filter. They
1: were dying oh in the because they had no water. So yeah. then they found the water source, which was the Berkey, and climbed at to the top. So I had to get rid of them a couple times. By the time, you know, the third time, I guess, that was it. We got rid of them. But what was interesting is the ant traps that are around started catching the rice weevils. <laughs>
0: oh my god! Is that how you found out about them? Or?
1: No, no. We, I,
2: I thought we had bed bugs for a hot minute. <laughs> oh, so man! I would see one in the bed and I'd be like, "What the fuck is that?" But then we're not <laughs> the like nothing. Fa- so it was just like I don't do great with bugs, and then I see one and I freak out. We also had these um. They're called seed bugs in Idaho, oh, Idaho, and they smell like fresh cut grass. So, like when oh, they get like so bad. <laughs>
1: oh
2: oh oh, they're, big. they're
1: pretty big. So we had like our back doors open, and we were up by this spot called Priest Lake, and we're like, "Yo, there's nobody up here. It's so like, this beautiful. Is beautiful." We had the back doors open. The weather was just perfect, <laughs> and then the night started to come around, so I closed the doors. Uh, I was starting to get a little bit cooler out. And I'm like, Alex, do you smell that? It smells like fresh grass.
2: I'm like, I guess somebody's like mowing a lawn nearby, but it's really powerful.
1: And then next thing you know, there was a few they're around. like the size
2: of quarters.
1: So we're I wonder them. if
3: what' we're, I wonder if they're what we call stink bugs because they're yes, also think, in Atlanta
1: That's exactly that's the same right thing. Oh, okay.
3: I don't think they smell like fresh cut grass. That's so funny. I think they have like a very unique. It could be a
1: different like. Yeah, yeah. I
4: think it's a little variation. It has a stink bug,
1: but it's it's um it's a different type, and that's why they smell like fresh cut grass. But here's the thing: is they could smell different to different people. So yeah, I can see that. It's not like fresh cut grass, but to somebody else, it could smell worse.
2: But so, anyways, we had them for months because we thought we got rid of them Mm -hmm. all again. And then whenever it would get really hot out, they would start crawling from behind the, like, panels of the wall. Oh, my God. Because apparently they can live for up to, like, a year with no food.
1: Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. That's crazy. The only way for them to survive is to eat off of leaves. So eventually they will just die. But we were catching them with a vacuum. We were like, we had the vacuum out and they would, like, land on something and we'd be like... (laughs) And then that vacuum would have like 10 of them in it. And then you would go out and let them out. And all you would smell is fresh cut grass when you would open it yeah. up. I
2: felt really bad that we were like um, transporting bug species across. Yeah, the state. We're like Oops. repopulating the seed bug population. In like different so, species. Species. Yeah.
1: The difference between Sorry. the seed bug and the stink bug is the probably the smell.
2: Yeah. yeah, I'll have to
3: Google it because oh, I'm curious. Yeah, the ones
1: in Atlanta smell really bad. Like
3: yeah, almost. Yeah, it's like a really like like uh, I don't even know how to describe it. Like a like, bird.
1: like skunky. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a very really, like, strong, like burning smell. Yeah.
1: You don't <laughs> want to be in the same
0: room with
1: it. That's for sure. No. Yeah, these weren't so harmful. They just do it to protect themselves. Um, but it's not like a bad smell. It's just like, like grassy. It wasn't. It wasn't horrible. Yeah. I was, I was afraid of them. <laughs> They
3: were just a little like, bit of bug.
2: Okay, that's crazy. So, all this disgustingness. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We got. We got about <laughs> this. Up. Get into vans sometimes, and you just have to deal with it, and hopefully get them I out, know. and then you continue living your life. You know. <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
1: So the question is, is like, if somebody wanted to get into this lifestyle that really wasn't sure about it, or maybe has been debating it for a while, what type of advice would you have for them?
3: Let me put my headphone over here so that the mic will be best. Okay. It's going to fall out, but go for
0: it. I'm going for it? Yeah. Uh. Well, I would say, like, test it out first. Like, I don't, without that first month of, oh, uh, no, do we leave okay. do we, you? Do we, who's your no we good oh, okay, okay. <laughs> your screen's frozen. our screen's
3: frozen. so i'm so confused okay right. go ahead Sorry, so
0: i would say like yeah definitely test it out like go for a month-long trip uh like don't like stay in hotels and stuff like that like literally just go out there because that also teaches you what you need if you like it like what you want to do um you know, if, if you want to hike, you know, how to find hikes, uh, what areas you like.
4: Um, now, there's so many ways to get out on the road that don't require a van to kind of like get your feet wet. Like you can do a rooftop tent. You can buy um, those cool mattresses that like conform to the shape of your back seat. Mm-hmm. Um There's things like dramatic fridges where you don't need to like carry around a cooler with melting ice all day. <laughs> Um, so there's just so many ways to kind of like learn what the lifestyle is like before fully investing in, in a whole other vehicle and, uh, potentially even like selling or getting rid of whatever home you're living in. Um, and there's, so like for us, for example, on YouTube, there's obviously downsides to van life, but it's really hard to film those downsides because you yourself are like in, in a struggle and you don't want to film that you're not looking at headspace to film that. Um and so that stuff doesn't make it out online and then people that are fantasizing about van life don't see it and won't know about it until they live it themselves. Um so I yeah, I think it has to be something that you kind of like dip your toes into first. And there are a lot of benefits to it, but it's not a lifestyle for everybody.
1: Totally agreed. I think that's amazing advice. Uh, We want to thank you guys so much for coming on the show today. You guys are amazing. We're so happy that we got to meet on the road and we can't wait for our pets to cross again one day. If you wind up on the east coast of Canada, please just let us know. We would love to to hang out. And uh, we're going to link everything uh, out of this van down below so everybody could go check out your stuff. And uh, we hope you guys continue your success in what you do, and keep doing what you're doing because we love we love seeing it. We love seeing your photography and your videography, and yeah, couldn't couldn't say any more good things about you.
4: Thanks, guys. And we may make our way up to the northeast, so oh, uh, oh, maybe Evan says, "How are the fires doing over there in uh, Ontario? No, you're in no, Ontario,
1: right? It's all good now." Like, uh, at least we haven't had bad okay. activity for the last couple of days.
4: Okay, good. Yeah. So we might make our way up towards the Northeast, uh, and like later fall or not fall, summer. Yep. And, um... Maybe we'll run into you. If not, then good luck with the new baby on the way. And we can't wait to continue seeing updates about this.
2: Absolutely loved catching up with Evan and Melanie. I feel like this podcast is sometimes an excuse for us to like get in touch with our friends and just be like, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. How's it going?
1: Speaking of the last time we seen them, we we saw them randomly in Sedona. That was really cool. Just like on a trailhead. And we went on an epic adventure with them and with, um oh, the Fennibars. No, Crux and Beta. When? When we, oh, in Sedona. Sedona. I'm still
2: thinking about Alaska. I keep forgetting that we saw them also in Sedona. We keep like looping each other. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it said literally the beginning of that in Sedona. The last time we saw them. Give me a break. (laughs) So the last time we saw them, we saw them in Sedona with Crux and Beta. We went on an epic hike. They took us to a couple spots that, like, only if you're from there, you know them. And that was really cool. I remember just like standing on the ledge and then like a couple of days later or so, they just started sending us like these epic photos of being out there. And that was incredible. It's always great when we get to have the opportunity to have the dogs out there together too. So I, I really love that aspect to it.
2: Yeah. And we didn't really mention this, but their dog Penelope is a GSP. It's like a great, big, super high energy dog, just runs laps around Paco. I was thinking back to our hike in Alaska, which was Probably the most technical, hardest hike that we've ever done. Oh yeah, Paco actually didn't even make it. He started having like heat exhaustion halfway. Well,
1: I wouldn't. I would say halfway, meaning all, he made it almost all the way to the peak of the hike. Like he made it to seven thousand feet, uh, maybe six thousand five hundred feet, and there was about a football field left of all the way to get to that peak. But Paco was so exhausted from running with Levi and and Penelope. That he just He couldn't make it You know He was starting to get Heat exhaustion Luckily we had water for him We were like split, Making him drink it Off a finger We were like mm-hmm. Sticking it in his mouth It was so scary honestly About 45 minutes Of just like Him being so exhausted And then I And then ha- he
2: like Trampled down Like he was like Okay I'm good And then he like Walked the whole way back And we were I like What?
1: Yeah I put him in the bag For a little while And you could see He was still tired But we got him like Eat a little bit of food And whatever And then next thing you know Off and down the rocks he went. So realistically, he probably made it at like four out of five, like, Four out of five, you know, all the way through the hike. Yeah. That, that you know, one fifth, he didn't make yeah. it. Yeah.
2: But if you are someone who's considering having a really high energy dog, like a GSP in the van, they are definitely a couple that you'll want to like talk to and reach out to because it's definitely a whole different ball game. Like for us and Paco, who's a 15 pound Chihuahua mix, if you haven't seen him on our Instagram or on the YouTube, um, he's like a little guy and yeah, he needs exercise, but like not that much.
1: And I would even say he's like okay to chill. Like he wants to chill. Yeah. There's and like, a lot of times we gotta like kick like yo, not literally kick him, but like like, yo, let's go, boy. Like you gotta get out there, you gotta run around. We need you to get some exercise. Like we have to hype him up.
2: Yeah, especially if it's a rainy day or something like that. He's just like he'll sit on the couch all day and be like, I am not going into that.
1: Yeah. Like today, today's yeah. a rainy day. He doesn't want to do anything. He just wants to chill until we get on the podcast. And then obviously he wants to, you know, make Bothered. a little bit of fuss. Yeah. yeah,
2: But yeah, so it's definitely a different challenge. Like even our other friends who we've mentioned a couple times in this chat, the Moores, they have a very active dog. And mm-hmm. so I know that that was really stressful and challenging for them as well. So it's definitely something to consider when you're moving into a van, like what kind of dog do you have? And how are they going to manage life on the road? Because, like, yeah, you can do these epic hikes and get out to beautiful places and all of that. But there's going to be times where you're in the Walmart parking lot or you're, you know, at a random rest area or, you know, you're not in these beautiful scenic locations. Like, what do you do then?
1: Yeah, it sounds like that we're going to have to get Evan and Melanie back on the podcast again. Same with uh, Fanny Moore's. It would be great to get them in the podcast. And maybe we get like a group of people. And we just do like a dog podcast. I think that would be a good one, you know, mm-hmm. some, some that nobody I don't think ever has really done when it comes to travel and uh, van life travel with a dog.
2: Yeah. So if you guys have ideas for shows like that one that you want to hear about, that you have questions about, we're all ears. As you guys know, we did a Q&A last week, but we're always accepting questions. We want to know what you want to know so that we can serve you the best that we possibly can with this podcast.
1: Yeah, so definitely come over to our Instagram, send us a DM, leave a review, whatever it is that you got to do to get that information to us so we can make it happen for you guys.
2: We are at FNA Van Life on all of the platforms, and we're excited to talk with you more, and we will see you guys in the next episode.
1: We hope you have an FNA day. everybody knows it's true. Van Life YouTube channel, what they do.
0: Everybody's got to get money. Everybody's about to get money.
1: Make sure you subscribe to their YouTube channel, FNA Van Life.